This is the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. If you're wondering why the Jay, the answer is I'm not a bagpipe player. And if that joke doesn't make any sense to you, I encourage you to check out episode zero, where I explain that joke as well as the purpose of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast, where we talk about faith, family, fitness, finances, and sometimes fun. Well, friends, you can hear I'm in my car, and it's just the pattern lately. It's just that, I mean, uh, first of all, let me back up. Thank you, everyone, who listened to last week's episode with my good friend, Paul Lee. That was a phenomenal time. I had a blast. I think it was a good episode, aside from the echoey. And and we're going to do it again, because we spent over an hour. We didn't stop. It was over an hour. And and we didn't even touch on a lot of the topics we said that we were going to touch on. And that's part of the fun of these interviews, is that when you begin to engage with each other, you know, you just start talking about topics that just you didn't plan on. And guys, if you didn't listen to it, I mean, we talk, talked about uh, the changing definition of professionalism in the workplace. Uh, we talked about generational differences in the workplace and a lot of fun stuff. And if that sounds boring to you, you got to check it out. It was really, really engaging. Can't wait to come back sometime with Paul and pick things up. Uh, But thank you very much for listening, guys. It was a a really successful episode. Um, And so, but like I said, I'm in my car. It just seems like uh, a lot of my thoughts are happening here. And I don't want to miss them. I know I can take notes and come back later. But it just seems sometimes at home, it's just really a hard time uh, to get it. And I don't want to miss out. You know, there's a combination of a couple of things on my mind. Um, uh, The girls and I went last night to see Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot was playing here in town. Um, at the Groove uh, Music Hall at Dominion Raceway, which is really only a, it's less than 10 miles from our house. And the Groove is this cool little music venue um, that it's just taking a while to, to take off. I think people are trying to get used to it being there. Um, and the Quiet Riot show was there. And I bring them up for a couple of reasons. About, you know, pre-pandemic, uh, Capitalize was asked to help promote this show. Now, Quiet Riot is 80s uh, metal band, a little glam, but more, a little bit of hair. But what they have for them is they have, uh, they were the very first metal band to ever have a number one album, their album, uh, Metal Health. Uh, Songs like Come On, Feel The Noise, Metal Health, Bang Your Head, you know, that kind of thing. Um, They were famous for, they were the first band to ever have a number one. And their second album, Condition Critical, did okay. And then QR3 kind of dropped and then changed the lead singers and the in and out. And then Kevin Dubrow, the lead singer, died of an overdose in Las Vegas. Um, And so we were asked to promote this show. And the last founding member was Frankie Benali, the drummer. Now their guitar player, Alex Grossi, and the bass player at that time, um, uh, his last name was right, forgive me, those guys had been with the band forever, that nucleus, and lead singers was kind of coming gone. And we were asked to promote the show. And uh, all it was discovered that the drummer, Frankie Benali, uh, had cancer. And he was still playing, uh, but he was struggling. And so the plan was to put together a show, uh, raise cancer awareness, to 
uh, raise some funds for that, highlight it, and then give just Frankie Benali sort of this platform. And we were excited. Um, it was when I was still part-time with the marketing company, and it was, it was going to be this very cool, um, you know, first kind of contract for us. And we started to put some work together for it, and we started coming up with themes, and we were going to develop custom T-shirts and all this stuff. Well, then the show was postponed um, because you've got COVID and Frankie Benali's health was struggling. And when it was postponed, uh, Capitalize stepped away from it um, because, one, they just really didn't know what it was going to be. Um, it was looking like Frankie may not make it, and it just didn't really make financial sense for uh, the track to contract with us. They were going to do marketing themselves. We totally understood that. We left on good terms. Totally cool. And then, of course, very sadly, Frankie Benali died. Uh, and Frankie Benali was just a legendary drummer with Quiet Ride. He played with Wasp. And so just, you know, been around forever. Uh, very sad to see his passing. And that left Kevin Dubrow, the original lead singer, and Frankie Benali, the original drummer, both having passed. And if you know your metal history... Randy Rhodes, the very famous guitar player who died way too young uh, as Ozzy Osbourne's first lead guitar player, he passed, and he was the original guitar player for Quiet Riot back when they were called Dubrow. And so you've got this band where a lot of people have passed. Um, so incredibly sad. Well, uh, Frankie Benali's wife, uh, uh, it, it seems, as best we can understand, uh, seems to, to run the band, and it was Frankie's desire that the band would continue. So they kicked out, uh, kicked off, and they've got a new drummer. Uh, the, his name is Johnny. He used to be the drummer of Typo Negative. And they go out. And so you've got a band who has uh, some members in it, like Alex who's been in there for like 20 years, but they don't have any original members left. And they're out gigging. Uh, Chuck Wright was the bassist player, excuse me. So they're out gigging. And, you know, but, uh, you know, but, but, not a draw like they used to be. Uh, and they're basically, the question is, and we're beginning to see this, the question is going to come up with a lot of bands. Can a band continue when there's not really any original members left? Like, can the brand itself just continue? Uh, you know, Kiss will face that one day, and that, that question has gone on and on, and they've already got two people in makeup. Can you put four people in makeup and start over again? Who knows? Uh, there's There's ideas about that. But, can they continue? So Quiet Riot's gigging, and they're hanging in there, and they've got, you know, they're, they're just consistently out there gigging, and they're talented. It's not like they're not talented and can't sing the songs. Well, then uh, they, it was announced, uh, the show was rescheduled for this past weekend, and it was announced that uh, original bassist Rudy Sarzo was coming back. Now, Rudy has not been in the band anywhere near his bassist Chuck Wright, but he, but Rudy is the founding basis, right? Now, if, if you don't know, Rudy Sarzo is a legend in the rock world. He has played for Quiet Riot, Ozzy, Dio, Yngwie, Whitesnake, the Guess Who, a super talented bass player. But then also he, he's played with so many legendary bands. He's just, people count on him. He's, he shows up. He's good. He's professional. And they announced that Rudy Sarzo is coming back to the band. And his debut show with the band is going to be this show here in town in, in Spotsylvania, Thornburg, Virginia, which is really, really cool. Well, I reached out to 
the the track and I wanted to take the girls. And uh, so we got tickets and we got um, meet and greets with the band, which was really cool. So I'm taking Landry and Emma and uh, Landry's boyfriend. And uh, it's not a super packed out show. Like no matter where we sit, we're going to have good seats. And uh, the goal, you know, the girl, uh, you know, Landry said she knew two songs, uh, boyfriend knew several, Emma did her research and, and, met a, a, and knew a bunch. And, and I knew basically all the songs that we're going to do. Um, but it was just going to be fun. Uh, so we got there early and we got our meet and greet passes and everything. And, uh, you know, I know some of the people there were talking to security guys and, and, and those folks and just excited. You know, they everyone who is there is looking forward to the show because they're probably old 80 metalheads like me and looking forward to it. And the opening band is a Richmond band called red rain. Those guys did really well. Um, but then it was time for the meet and greet, which is uh, really cool. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause here, come right back, and we'll talk about the meet and greet. Okay, gang, I'm back. And if you ever wonder what I just did, um, I just went to Walmart. Oh, my goodness, what a horrible experience. I mean, listen, I can't blame Walmart. I mean, they had almost every single, excuse me, every single cashier working. They had the self-checkout. And I don't know, it, it must be Black Friday because – there it was anyway just a miserable experience but anyway so you know so we go to the meet and greet and listen meet and greets work a couple of different ways um i've learned this a little bit just kind of working with the promotion on the front end of this concert they're bands that control their meet and greet and they get outrageous money for it you know and then what you'll get is like uh you pay a thousand dollars and you meet the band and you get autograph eight by ten you get um, uh, you'll get, uh, uh, you know, some swag and then you get individual photos with the band and some bands will do like a little mini concert, uh, that kind of thing. That's not the way this meet and greet went. This was something just put together by, um, the venue. And so it's not going to be very ex extensive or anything like that, but Hey, it's very cool. I wanted to meet the band. I mean, again, uh, Rudy Sars is a legend and, there were only, I think, like nine or ten of us. And so they had tables set up in front of the band, you know, with tablecloth for some social distancing. Totally understand that. And we got in. Uh, we got a photo with the four of us and the band, which is really cool. And then they signed our tickets. Uh, then we got a second photo done by a professional photographer. And there was this woman there. And I mean, I, I, she was like four and a half feet tall. I, I like it or not. She made my mom look tall and she was so excited, just cussing up a storm. And she was excited to see the drummer, Johnny, the drummer from typo negative, because back in the day she loved typo negative and met them. So she was carrying around like a photo of her and the drummer from typo negative from back in the day. And so it was just fun to see her so excited. I mean, she was overjoyed to meet the band and the drummer from Typo Negative. And they're talking and uh, she knew the people who owned the venue. And they were like, hey, we got to wrap things up. You know, did you bring anything from them to sign? And she's like, I didn't. And I was like, you're not. But it was very cool. Uh, you know, the guy at the venue said, tell you what, just get the band to sign the tablecloth and you can just take it. She's like, really? She's like, yeah. So all four members signed the tablecloth and she took it. 
that's cool, but I don't know how you display a tablecloth with an autograph of Quiet Riot, but she was incredibly excited. So that was fun. We came back downstairs. We caught the ending of Red Rain, the opener. Um, and so that was cool. And then, you know, of course, when the opener ends, everybody gets up. And so it was uh, general seating, open seating in any chair you wanted. And we're like, okay, uh, everybody has left to uh, go to the restroom, go to the bar, whatever. And we decided, hey, let's move up. Uh, it's not the kind of show where we're trying to get front row or anything like that. But we're about four rows back. We've got really good seats. And waiting for the band. And it was a real quick turnaround. I mean, it was like a 15-minute turnaround. They had done a great job of pre-staging the opening band and, and getting the other band ready. And a lot of bands, they do different things for openers. Like, interestingly enough, like if you go see Kiss, they will have, um, you know, uh, The Who playing. And it's just a song that they like. And these guys had Queen, We Will Rock You, We Will, We Will Rock You, pumped through the loudspeakers. Um, and then the band came out. And it's interesting, they opened with the music from Bang Your Head, Metal Health, but just the opening chords. And I thought, they're going to play this song first? And they didn't. They did that just to get everybody excited. Very cool. And then they went right into another song. And I'm going to run right into my next errand, and I'll be right back. Okay, so the band starts really well. Uh, so let me say a couple of things. If you are a casual fan, you know, and you grew up anywhere in the 80s and 90s, and even today, I mean, Quiet Riot songs, there's there are two that are, are relatively ubiquitous. If you grew up in the 80s, you know these definitely, right? So Come On, Fill the Noise is their big hit. Everybody knows that. Um, secondarily would be, you know, Bang Your Head, Metal Health or Drive You Mad. You know, that's probably number two. Uh, Bang, I mean, but Come On, Feel Your Noise is their big hit. Eh, beyond that, maybe, you know, Mama, We're All Crazy. You know, but really, they've, uh, like, into the general public, one song, maybe two. Now, I, I'm a nerd, so I know all of their songs. I mean, so I've kept up with them. You know, I know that they're going to probably do a tribute to Randy Rhodes and Frank Finale and Kevin Dubrow. So I, I'm rocking along. Uh, like I said, Emma did a research, so she knows several songs. Landry and her boyfriend knew like two. But let me say this about the band. They sounded phenomenal. They really did. Just really, and, and their vocalist, so forgive me, I'm only going to say his name once. Uh, his name is Jizzy Pearl. He was in a band called Love Hate in the early 90s. He played Rat. Now he's in Quiet Riot. These songs are not easy to sing. They're not. Alex Grossi, the, the guitar player, uh, hit every note. Um, but let me say this. In any concert, you might catch one of the musicians uh, taking a song off. You know, not really performing. Maybe just kind of zoning out for a minute. I got to say this. Rudy Sarzo, the bass player who just came back, didn't take a single second of that concert off. Phenomenal bass player. He's adding all this stuff into these songs that are kind of four chord songs. Just phenomenally crushing it all over the stage. Uh, not being silly, but having a blast. Uh, the band does a lot of those big rock endings. 
where the drummer's giving you lots of cymbals and lots of toms, and they kind of end it with a big bonk. Yeah, they do a lot of those. Um, small bass solo, small uh, guitar solo. They interweaved like a second of Crazy Train from Ozzy because that was Randy Rhodes' big song, and Randy was in Quite Right. Uh, not a huge set. I mean, I think they played maybe close to an hour and a half with no encore. I mean, they just played straight through. I mean, when they started, you know, uh, come on, fill the noise, bang your head, we're like, wait a minute, these have got to be their encore songs. Where else would they play? They just played through and ended. But a lot of fun. The guys had a lot of energy, and they sounded, excuse me, it sounded great. There's always someone in the crowd that gets drunk. And this person is either annoying or funny. And there was this one guy, and I got to say, he started out being annoying. And what he's doing is he's trying to hype the crowd up. Like, come on, come on, come on. Almost like he's at like a football game or something. Like taps me on the shoulder and runs. Uh, the, we're all standing up, running behind us. Like, come on, everybody trying to get everybody hyped up. At that point in time, he's kind of annoying. But then he leaves our row and starts running through the crowd and doing it. And then it's kind of funny. And eventually he runs up to the front row, gets a little too close to the band, and security takes him away. And at that point in time, he's very, very funny. Really hope that guy got home safe last night. But we had a blast. High energy, a lot of fun. Got to meet the band. Now, that's the recap of the concert. On the marketing end, I'm looking at this because this was a show that we were going to help promote. And uh, we didn't, and I think it was probably a good idea for everybody. Not well attended. I mean, really, guys, I lie to you not. Maybe 125 people. I know if this band was playing in Vegas or Texas or California, they'd have a much bigger crowd. But, I mean, they're in Spotsylvania, Thornburg. It, it just wasn't a big crowd. So you, uh, I, I hate that for them. I was very confused. They did not have a merch table. If you don't go to concerts, merch tables are where you sell your T-shirts and you make all your money on merch. They never set up a Quiet Riot merch table. I'm confused by that. Now, the opener, Red Rain, at a big table after their opening show. They're back there selling merch, meeting and greeting. Very smart. They sold some They sold some gear and some swag. Good for them. No merch table. But so uh, that merch table goes back into my thought here. Here is a band with recognition. And they're getting older, no doubt. Listen, 1983, ooh, uh, yeah, 38 years ago, something like that. I mean, you had number one album 38 years ago. They're having to completely start over. I mean, they got down to no original members. They brought back one. I don't know what they had to pay Rudy Sarzo to come back. They're playing in front of 125 people in Spotsylvania, Thornburg. And I know, again, they'll play other places and have bigger crowds. Here, very small crowd. They are completely restarting a brand. This is going to happen for lots of bands. You see right now, all these bands are on their retirement tours, right? You see Kiss, Leonard Skinner. Um, you know, Ozzy said no more tours, but he's still kind of throwing in some shows here or there. Um, a, a lot of it, Billy Joel's been doing it for like two or three years. Uh, there's a lot of bands that are saying this is it. We, we we just can't physically do it anymore. I mean, Rudy Sarzo is 70. I mean, and, and I hope I'm in that good shape when I'm 70. But these guys can't do it anymore. So you have these brands 
uh, of music and style. And some of them are wanting to continue like a legacy bands and some family member owns the right to the band. Right. So when Ronnie James Dio died, he was the second lead singer of black Sabbath and he went out and toured on his own. It was very successful. And everybody loves Ronnie. When he died, I lie to you not, his wife created a hologram. She took, took a, um, a concert performance of his created a hologram of him, brought his band up and the band played with Ronnie singing as a hologram. Like he doesn't exist anymore. So, I mean, bands are trying to figure this out because you have something, you can always make a little bit of money selling t-shirts, but like you have this entity. And so I look at it and I'm like, listen, you guys sound great. You sound great. You have decent social media. You got to get a, uh, some merch going. And maybe it's just because Rudy Sarzo wasn't, it was his first show back and they didn't have time to have merch made. I'm, I'm confused by that. But can a brand restart? And honestly, we're at the point now where we don't know the answer to that question. I mean, most bands are touring with at least one or two or three original members. You know, again, Ronnie James Dio had a hologram. He had original band members, but not original, but he had band members. And that didn't really work. Uh, they're not doing it. It retired it. Um, you know, just, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I can't imagine how they made the money back. The hologram thing was expensive. So in music, you can't just reboot it like a movie. You can't just say, hey, we're going to make a new, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We can't make a new Home Alone and just put a new kid in it. You can do that in the movies, but you can't do it with a brand, like a band. So I think what's going to be necessary, and, and I don't know much about the uh, promotional world on that side, is it can't, it, it's got to include, hey, we're just going to do a bunch of gigs. Um, they're not going to have a hit single. That doesn't really exist for these bands. You know, there's going to have to be strategic marketing. Now, I look at it for like my company. When we launched, we were CTP Marketing. And then two years later, we rebranded to Capitalize Marketing. But CTP didn't have so much of a recognition that it hurt us. But you know who is going through a rebrand? And it's the biggest rebrand in the world. And that's Facebook. They're going to be called Meta. Now, I don't know if that means... If you're going to go to Facebook.com, it's going to say Meta or if Meta is their larger brand. But here is a reboot or at least a shift in the midst of this amazing, I mean, you can hate them or love them, but I mean, it's one of the biggest brands in the entire world. And so they've got, you know, Mark Zuckerberg all of a sudden is super friendly on his own social media platforms, right? He's talking about how excited it is and they're doing a strategic push. So rebrands just aren't possible without a strategic push and a face of personality. I'll give Quiet Riot that, right? They, they brought in Rudy Sarzo. Everybody knows him if you love that genre of music. You know, people do know who lead singer is. They know Alex a little bit. The drummer from Typo Negative who's very talented. I don't know how many people know him unless you're the girl at the meet and greet. Um, but it's going to be interesting to watch these entities choose to rebrand. I imagine it's going to take a ton of strategy. Yes, you're going to have to work hard and gig, 
that's only got to be element one. How do you strategically do it? Um, I would say tapping in to those couple of songs that you know, and those songs show up in movies all the time, right? There's a legacy for those. But finding a way to be able to perform those songs um, on shows and that kind of thing. For example, uh, Kiss has been on America's Got Talent and American Idol and those kind of things all the time. So anytime they got something to tout, they're there, right? Uh, those kind of things are going to be necessary to raise any sort of brand awareness like, oh, we're still out there. Um, it's going to be fascinating to watch that in addition to the Facebook rebrand to Meta. But in the final takeaway, listen, we had a blast, right? Uh, I love going to concerts with my girls. It's fun, you know, to meet musicians, to get autographs, to get photos, uh, sit up close. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I'm pulling for those guys to, to kind of uh, get out of, you know, 125-seat shows and kind of get back to some level of popularity. Uh, but it'll be fun to see. So, guys, thanks for this one-part recount of the show and second part pondering about how to reboot a brand. And we will talk to you again soon. Thanks so much.